0: How's everyone doing? You guys good? Oh man, that's real bad. Tim, how you doing buddy? You good? Okay, so we've been in this series for the last few weeks now uh, at our whole church called God I've Got a Question because here's what we think and we know uh, that we all have questions about life and and we're going to get into the last question of the series today and tonight but we've been asking questions like is Jesus really the only way? Can I trust the Bible? What does the Bible say about me? We've been asking all these questions because we believe you guys have questions just like we got questions. We, we struggle with things in life. and you could ask God a question, what would you ask him? And we all have like the list, right? We talk about it. Then when I get to God, I'm going to ask him, you know, why he created cockroaches. Or I'm going to ask him why he created my little brother or sister. Or why he sent me to school. You know, we have this like list we're going to ask God. Well, we took some serious questions that we think you guys are probably asking and we, we want to ask the question in this series, God, what about these things? And so if you have your notes now, you guys should have a pen close to you. Um, to start it off, tonight, here's the deal. Can I, get, can I get an amen if sometimes life totally stinks? Can I get an amen on that? Amen? Like stuff happens that you don't get all the time. Stuff happens that leaves you scratching your head thinking, why on earth is this happening? Um, by the way, if you haven't gone to main service, go tonight after refuge. Pastor Travis just brings it, talks about why do bad things happen to good people. We're kind of changing it a little bit for refuge tonight. Um, but what I want you to do is start it off, I want you to write something maybe funny or something maybe serious. But on your notes page there, you'll see there's a, spl- there's a slot that says, write what's one bad thing that happened this week. It could be you stubbed your toe. It could be you got an F on a, on a paper, or it could be something serious. I just want us all kind of tracking on tonight what we're talking about. So be honest, not looking at everyone's paper, but just write something down. I have mine I'm going to share here in just a minute, but um, write down what's one bad thing that happened this week, and then you, you guys kind of get tracking on that, and then we'll move on. You guys good? I'll give you a couple seconds to write that, just to kind of get us all thinking on the same page. That sometimes life just stinks. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes stubbing your toe hurts. Or getting punched by your little brother or sister stinks. Um, all right, you guys all got it? When you got your bad thing, give me a thumbs up. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything. I'm not going to, like, make you share it. Thumbs up? Bad things? Anybody? Okay, cool. Or maybe we just all had a great week. Man, that would be awesome. Uh, but... I did not. Okay, I'm going to share with you a little something that happened. Here's what I'll show you if you want in my notes if you want later. On Thursday when I finished up this message, um, I put in my notes, share funny illustration from my life. Because I figured, you know, I just got to think about it for a minute of some, something that's like been bad that happened. Um, and I'll figure it out. Um, but I planned on going to California this week with my family and, and Mark and Hannah. We were just going to go. Mark's now in California for like a year. Um, and Hannah's about to go to Thailand. And so we were like, hey, let's go take one California trip. So me, my wife, and our kids, we loaded up with Mark and Hannah, and we went to California. And uh, I was thinking, you know, I'll, maybe something will happen in California that will be kind of funny slash bad. Uh, I did not expect what happened to happen, okay? Um, here's, here's the plan for the California trip. We're just going to surf. We're going to hang out at the beach. We're going to eat lots of food. So we did that. So we go, and, and Thursday we get there, and we have a great time Thursday. Can't wait to go surfing all day tomorrow. It's going to be amazing, man. Hannah's never surfed before. Mark's only done it a couple times. It's going to be great. It'll be s- funny to see if they can get up on the board. And, man, we're going to spend all day at the beach. Ah, it's going to be awesome. That's what we thought. Friday morning, we wake up, and Mark and I are like, oh, man, let's go. Let's strap the boards to the roof, and that's what we did, and we didn't know really what we're doing, we're trying to act like the surfer bro guys, and so we're, like, strapping the boards on, and we're putting towels in between each one because you don't want to damage them, you know. We're doing, like, the real nice thing, and we're on a minivan, by the way, my minivan, so it's, like, not really that cool because we got three surfboards on top of a minivan. It's a man van, surfer man van, so we're good, right? We strap them on, and we're like, okay, I think it's good, man. Like, and we like, you know, mess with the boards. It's like, I mean, it moves a little bit, but I think it's good. And by the way, these are not our surfboards. These are my buddy Troy's, and they equal about $1,500 worth of surfboards. Because surfboards aren't cheap if you get like real surfboards. And so they're like his babies, okay? So he's like, man, just take care of my boards. And I'm like, man, we got you. Don't worry about it. We won't ride up on the shore and get little dings on them or anything like that. And so we, we strap these, these things to my car, and they're secure. We think they're secure, but there's just kind of something in me that's thinking, man, this i just i'm so uncomfortable with these boards being strapped to my minivan and so we're driving and we tell the girls because they're behind us in mark's truck we tell them hey if you see any movement just tell us because we don't want a bad thing to happen and so they're like yeah yeah that's cool and so there's a couple times before we even get on the freeway we pull over and we're like man we just don't feel good about this so we get out and we like shake it and we tie it more down and we're like it's it's good we got these things and so we're like okay let's just go man we're gonna have a great day at the beach So we get on the I-5, right, the five freeway, and we get on, and we're not even a mile down the five, okay, and this is, this is, insert funny illustration, here's God saying, here you go, Scott, we are driving, and all of a sudden, there's just something that happens inside of my body that I can't really express, because all I see in my rearview mirror are three surfboards flying that way down the freeway, and I'm traveling that way, and Mark goes, Oh, dude, they're gone. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. And I'm like, oh, my. I pull over. We get a call from Hannah and Candice. Obviously, they're a little bit late on the call. They, they couldn't do anything to help it. I understand. But seriously, listen, if you've ever seen three surfboards flying 25 feet in the air on 75 miles an hour traffic, it is literally the most horrible feeling you could possibly have in your stomach. So me and Mark, we jump out and we're like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And, and they're like all over the freeway. And so Mark and I, stupid, don't ever do this. We're like playing Frogger on the freeway, like grabbing these boards. And like there's guys stopping on the freeway to like let us go. But that's really dangerous because then there's like a blind spot. So this guy stops and I run out to grab this one board and I almost died. Seriously, almost died. There was an old couple that didn't see anything but the surfboards, and they almost totally killed Mark and I. Um, But I'm driving, and there's one particular surfboard. It's like $1,000. Really nice surfboard. And uh, when we first happened, I'm like, man, that's not that bad. Like, that one doesn't look that bad. And right before I jump out, this F-250 comes and just goes, "Boo!" And just cracks the whole surfboard in half not like all the way through but like if you've ever seen a surfboard like cracked in half that's not how they're supposed to be you know made um and so I got in the car, and we, it was a horrible day. Was, and I thought, man, here it is. Here is my bad thing. This is, this is the bad thing of my week. So I don't know if that's you, if you had a bad thing like that, or maybe yours is way worse, or maybe yours was like, dang, dude, that sucks. Bad week for Scott. Um, because now we're figuring out, okay, we have to replace these surfboards. Uh, the California surf trip didn't work out too well. Um, but here's the reality, and that's what kind of want to intro it tonight We sometimes walk through stuff that leaves us going, oh my gosh, why did that happen? Why did we not put the surfboards in the car? Why did we not put the surfboards in the back of Mark's truck? Why did we think, because I have a roof rack on my van, that I have to put them on the van? Why, 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 why? And maybe tonight you are walking through a circumstance or something, or you have or you will, I promise, to where you are left thinking, why is this happening. Sometimes life hurts. And so tonight we want to ask the question, why is life such a mess? And so what we're going to do is, you know, maybe you're like me when when I was a teenager. When I first became a Christian, I'm thinking, man, if God, when people were trying to convince me that Jesus is good, I thought, if God is so good, why does life hurt so bad sometimes? If God is so good, why is life so bad sometimes? So what I want to do, if you're on Instagram, that's kind of what I want to do tonight. I want to kind of give us a filter, right? You take a picture of something, so take a picture of your circumstance, and then you put it into Instagram, and you change the filters, and you, it gives you a different point of view. It gives you a different look at the picture. That's kind of what I want to do tonight. I want to give us a filter or a guide to kind of help us as we go through circumstances, because here's what I can promise you. Maybe you're here tonight, and you're thinking, man, I'm good, like, I, I've kind of gone through hard days, but nothing really big has happened. Here's what I can promise you: You're only in junior high, or high school. There will be a time in your life. Jesus said, two thousand years ago, you will go through trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You will go through things that leave you thinking, "Man, why is this happening?" And so tonight, I want to kind of look at a help us develop a filter. And so we're going to, have to be kind of flipping all over the Bible, but I want you to, to check out um, a few passages tonight as we look at why is life such a mess. So here's the first step of the filter. Write this down. Here's the first step of the filter uh, as we walk through hard times, as we walk through the mess, how we can filter it for good. Here's the first one. God is Sovereign. Why is life such a mess? Our filter tonight is that God is sovereign. First filter. I'm going to read a passage of scripture for the book of Acts. If you don't have your Bible or you don't have the app that is a Bible on your smartphone, I encourage you, bring it. Bring your Bible. Download the app. Have it ready because we're always, always, always going to be in the Bible here at Refuge. Um, as we look at God being sovereign, here is Acts chapter 17. It's kind of the verse I want to show you. Here's what it says. The God who made, starting verse 24 by the way. The God who made the world and everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples built with hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. Verse 26, from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them And the exact places where they should live. Here's why we say God is sovereign. Because all over the Bible there's passages like that that say this. God sits over the entire universe and he rules it. God is the boss of the universe. God has every single one of our steps planned out. God knows where you're going to be in 35 years. God knows where you're going to be tomorrow, what feelings you're going to go through tomorrow. God knows what circumstances are going to come your way when you're a married person. God knows the situations that your kids are going to go through. When we talk about God's sovereignty, here's what we're saying. God is completely in control of the universe. God reigns over it. Like, kind of like if you had an ant farm. Does anyone have an ant farm? Anyone ever had an ant farm? No? Ant farms? Okay, you don't want to admit to being a total nerd. I never did either. Nobody? Okay, Ben. Of course Ben did. Ben. Ben had an ant farm, okay? Ben was sovereign over his ant farm. Here's what I mean by that. There was never a time when one of the ants was stuck in the tunnel that Ben couldn't go. There was never a time when something was going wrong and his ant farm and ben couldn't figure it out that's that's a kind of a good picture and it's not a complete picture don't think that we're the ants and god's the ben okay i'm not saying that but that's a kind of a good picture for us to say man it's crazy to think ben isn't in control of the ant farm that's kind of a way to look at that man god is totally in control of the universe and i love what it says here is as we kind of apply it because here's what i want to do every time we we go through one of these filters is i want to ask you a question To kind of help you apply this. Because here's what could happen sometimes when we go to church. We hear a guy and he's talking and you're like wah, wah, wah. And you're like oh man cool. My My friend could have heard that. Or my mom needed to hear that message. Or man one day I want to hear that message. And so I want to try to give you some application points. That you can internally say okay what is that for me right now. September 23rd, 2012. In my life what is that? And I love how it says at the end of Acts chapter 17, he determined the times set out for them or for us and the exact places that they should live. Here's what I want you to know tonight. God has you exactly where you are for a reason. That means he has you in the family that you're in for a reason, even if you hate that family. Even if that family right now is about to break up. God has you in the school that you might hate for a reason. God isn't surprised when stuff happens in our life and sits back and think, oh, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do here? Um, shoot, uh, man, I, 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 there's, there's problems in the ant farm, and I can't figure it out. God has you in the exact place you are for a reason. He's allowed it for something. That's significant. Man, in 7th through 12th graders, I know there's some college people here tonight. God has you where you are because he, he, he's seen where, where he can take you in that. You are where you are, and God wants to use you where you are. Don't think, man, this is impossible. I just want to get out of this situation. Look around you and think, how could God use this? That's a totally different perspective. And I want you to take that to your team that you might not play on because you don't think you're good enough. And you're thinking, man, all I do is ever sit the bench or all I do is sit at this lunch table with my friends. And I don't know how to to act towards them. I don't know how to show them Jesus. We talk about this at Refuge. God has you at that table at that lunch for a specific purpose. And we just usually rush through the day and not realize that God has you where you are for a reason. So where are you? Are you on a sports team? Are you at a lunch table? Are you in a family? Are you in a relationship? Are you in a class? Are you in in an employment position? Maybe some of you guys got jobs. Where does God have you? Take a look and see how he wants to use you. Because God is sovereign. No matter if we're walking through circumstance or life is good right now, God is sovereign over it all, and he wants to use you where you are. He knows where you are, and he wants to use you where you are. That's the first kind of filter of our of the first step of our filter. Here's the second one. Not only is God sovereign, here's the next blank on your on your notes, but God allowed us to choose to sin. Here's where we're going to get kind of to the mess. Think man, why is life such a mess? First thing you got to know is God is sovereign. He's not caught off guard when we're in a mess. But another thing you got to know is that God allowed us To choose sin. If you have not, like I said, if you have not been to the main service, Pastor Travis unpacks this for us. I'm just going to kind of breeze through it. Um, But here's what you got to know. Back in the day, God created two people, Adam and Eve. And that's why it says Genesis 3 right there. There's an awesome story. You got to read it. If you haven't read the first few chapters of the Bible, read it tonight. Take you a few minutes and it's a great, great story. and It will make everything we talk about at Refuge connect a little more. But in Genesis chapter 3, here's what happens. God creates these two people, Adam and his wife Eve, and he says, you guys have dominion over the whole land, this garden that I've made for you, except one thing, I don't want you to touch that tree. Don't go near that tree, don't eat of that tree, don't listen to anything that comes from that tree, just stay away from that tree. And so Adam and Eve one day, like we all do, they think, hmm, let's go over by this tree. And the Bible says there's a serpent, it's the devil, and we still deal with that, that person, that entity today, the devil, he comes to him and he says, "Ah, man, God didn't really mean that. God's just trying to hold from you what I can give you if you eat of this tree. And here's what we know from Genesis chapter 3 is that those people, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. God gave them one command and they disobeyed it. And something happened that we can't fully, totally comprehend or wrap our heads around, but something happened in that moment that we still deal with today because sin entered the world. When we disobeyed God, when the first people, Adam and Eve, disobeyed God, sin entered the world. And here's what, we, here's what we know what that means. That all people were cursed with this sin nature. All people have this thing now, as soon as they're born, of uh, being sinners, separated from God. A separation happened that day. You say, man, I don't know what, about that, man. I mean, I heard Adam and Eve, I've seen the drawings, I've seen, I've heard the thing with the apple and the serpent. I've heard that even though maybe I've never been to church. But what does that have to do with me? Again, we can't fully wrap our heads around it, but there's just a, a there, there's a truth of the Bible. It's the doctrine of original sin. Here's what that means. Every person is born into the world separated from God. Romans 3.23 says this. It says that we are all guilty. Here's what it says. For all have sinned not just adam and eve for all have sinned my daughter avery beautiful little one-year-old we are seeing in the recent days she is a little sinner that girl can scream like you wouldn't believe and you're like dude that is just sin right there that little scream is sin Okay, she she all have sinned. Everybody is guilty and falls short of the glory of God. What am I saying? I'm saying that when you were born into this world, there's something that we can't fully comprehend or understand. But there's a separation between this relationship with God. God is sovereign, but God also gave us the ability to choose to sin. The Bible goes on to say, none is righteous. It, it, it just keeps telling us this. It's not just one verse. Romans 3.23, if you have a Bible and you have like some software, just go online and re- type in Romans 3.23, and then it'll take you from Romans 3.23 to Romans 5 and to all these other places in the Bible that basically say the same thing, that we are all sinners in need of something to save us. It says, no one is righteous, not even one. What does that mean? That means Scott is not righteous oh man, you're a pastor, like, you do this for a living. No, Scott is not righteous. Here's what else it means. Vance, like Pastor Vance, is not righteous. No, not one. Haley's not righteous. Tyler's not righteous. Candace isn't righteous. She's close, but she's not righteous. Guys, that's what you gotta do. You just gotta smooth your wife, you know what I'm saying? Just saying. Nobody is righteous. Righteous. God gave us the ability to choose to sin. So here's what I want you to hear me say that tonight. I'm not trying to beat anybody up as much as I'm beating myself up. Here's why I say this. Why is life such a mess? The source of all pain, sorrow, insecurity, sadness, brokenness, the stuff that we walk through, whether you caused it or it was caused unto you. Like you don't have any control over it, but you're just in some stuff. Here's what the Bible says. The source of all of that is sin. So why is that important to know? It's important to know because you and I have to understand what we're dealing with when we're talking about being in a mess or being in a broken situation or being in a way we're like, man, why has this got to happen to me? The source of it is there's sin in the world, and we deal with it. So here's the application for that. We're going to finish up here tonight. We need to own our sin. Here's what I mean by that. Don't be like, oh, man, yeah, my sister is such a sinner. My wife is such a sinner. My mom or dad is such a sinner. My best friend is such a sinner, man. Look at everything that they do on the weekends. Or look at everything I know they're doing with their boyfriend or their girlfriend, man. All these people around me are such sinners. Well, here's the deal. Brokenness exists in the world because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Don't point at other people's pride when you're prideful. Don't look at other people's greed when you're greedy. Don't look at other people's lust and look down on it when you lust in your heart. Sometimes life hurts, and sometimes we can't control the things that are thrown at us, but sometimes we do. And we find ourselves in the mess because we sin. Here's what Romans 3.23 says, and I love this. We're gonna, uh, I'm going to read it from a different translation. If you've ever heard of a translation of the Bible called the message. Uh, it's a great paraphrase that a guy named Eugene Peterson put together that kind of helps us understand it a different way. So here's what Romans three twenty three and twenty four says: Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for Him, God wills for us. God did it for us. What's that saying? We, if we did it right now, and started writing everything we do wrong up on a board, it would be a long and sorry list of stuff. We're not wanting to do that tonight. We would never be able to, to equal this huge gap there is between us and God. We would never be able to cross it. Ever, ever, nothing we could ever do. No matter if you do all the good things, take all your bad things and try to not do the bad things or try to do more good things. It says we could never do it. And so here's what the Bible says. God did it for us. This is the gospel or the good news. That's a big church word, gospel. It's the good news. The, good new, the bad news is that we are all sinners separated from God. God gave us the ability to choose and we chose to not go his way. The good news is that God did it for us. Here's what it says, continuing in verse 24. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in. And restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by me, the means of Jesus Christ. Life is such a mess sometimes because there's sin in the world. But God did something about that. Here's why that's important for us to know. I want you to own your sin tonight I understand that you are desperate for Jesus. But here's what you need to also understand. There is nowhere you've ever been that God's grace can't reach. God is sovereign and he is working it all out. But here's the deal. He died for you. He died so that you and I could have access to him. He died so that you and I could, could come to him and, and realize our, our guilt, realize our sin and drop it at his feet and he said he takes care of it. That's big for me. Hope that's big for you tonight. Maybe you're not walking in certain stuff right now but there will be a time in your life and you've probably reached it already where you think, man, I can't do this alone and Jesus said, you don't have to. God did it for us. So God is sovereign, first step of our filter. Second step, God gave us the ability to choose to sin. Here's the third one. God is working. God is working. Again, he is so in control. He does not leave us separated from him forever and let us deal with it ourselves. God is Actively working even in the midst of our sin. Here's what it says in Romans 8:28. "And we know that God causes all things to work together for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose." There's very, something very s- significant in that verse, though, the part that says, "For those that love God and are called according to His purposes, here's the reality tonight. Some of you tonight follow Jesus. You are Christians. You have, give, you have understood that huge gaping hole between you and God from birth and you realize that God died for you and you are in a relationship with Jesus. You would say, yeah, it's me, man. I'm a Christ follower. That verse is for you. It says you, God works everything that's going on in your life together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purposes. But there's others of you here tonight that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I want to speak to you for just a minute because here's the reality. There is no hope of anything good coming from anything other than a relationship with Jesus. I know that's like super heavy. But if the reality is that the, 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 the root of all pain, sorrow, brokenheartedness, Stuff we deal with in life is sin. The only remedy for sin is Jesus. That means some of us are going to walk through life all the while trying to figure out why all these bad things are happening. And there's no hope in anything but Jesus. God saw us in our state. He comes to us, even though we don't deserve it, to reconcile us to himself. Some of you right now, you need to understand that there's no place you can ever go that God's grace doesn't reach. That you're never gonna find significance apart from anything other than a relationship with Jesus. And listen, I tried for 16 years. Some of you are gonna try for a lot longer than that. Some of your parents or some of your parents' friends try for years and years and years. Some people try till the day they die. They try to find significance and stuff other than a relationship with Jesus. And every single time they come up empty, every single time they realize this isn't gonna fulfill me. This isn't gonna satisfy me. This isn't gonna get me to this place I wanna be in life of full satisfaction and joy and happiness because it doesn't exist apart from Jesus. And the sooner we realize that as teenagers, the sooner we realize, man, all my hope is in a relationship with God. And there's people all over this room that can attest to that, and I'm one of them. I've seen life apart from Jesus. I've seen life as a Christian, and I promise you It is not even a comparison of joy and fulfillment and satisfaction and pleasure and everything that the world offers you this way. How do we find good in a world that's not good? We don't. We find good in the only source of good, and that's Christ. I want to kind of give you guys a response, a way to respond in this one as we kind of finish up tonight. It's something that I've prayed over my kids ever since Bryce was like a year old. And it's something that I pray for myself all the time and I pray for my wife all the time and I pray for you guys all the time because it's something very significant. But if we pray this constantly and this becomes our heart's attitude, I really believe as we walk through trials and we walk through mess, it'll shape the way we view it. It's your last blank there. Pray this over your life. God, always remind me that you are good even when life is not. That's something God just kind of did in me a few, a couple years ago. And man, sometimes life is going to really hurt. Sometimes life is going to really stink. But we, if we realize that God is good even in the midst of life that isn't good, it changes our perspective. It's that filter that, God, you are in control. The issue is sin. And you are working all things out. Because you love me. And you've called me according to your purposes. If you're not a Christian tonight, here's what I want to do in this moment. I just want to talk to you for a minute. I absolutely 100% believe part of God's redeeming plan in your life is you being here tonight. One day I was invited to church. I had no idea what God was going to do in the eight months that led out from that. Maybe you were invited here by somebody. Maybe you just showed up. God wants a relationship with you. We say it here all the time. You're never going to not hear this a refuge because we love this fact that we can never do anything to reach God, but God reaches down to us. And there's this thing that separates you and God right now called sin, but God did something about that. But even after that, we still run. We know the story of the cross. We know the good news. We hear it in churches. And now maybe you heard it for the first time tonight that God came to buy you back from sin and death and Satan. And we run the other way. Man, I love what I'm living in right now. I love the stuff I'm walking in right now. I love all the things that my life characterizes and has nothing to do with Jesus. I promise you it will run empty. It will not satisfy. I've seen it. God is pursuing you. You are running as full speed the other way. I urge you to not stop running. Turn around. Surrender to the God who loves you enough to buy you back on a cross. Throw your sin at his feet because it's already taken care of. The Bible says it is nailed to the cross. Us just understanding that and surrendering that to him is all it takes. You don't have to do anything. So what I want you to do is I'm going to bow your heads tonight. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over the people in here that would say, man, I'm a Christian. I love God. I'm going to pray over the people in here that would say, I'm not a Christian. Tonight, if you are not a believer in Jesus, please don't leave here without talking to somebody. What we're talking about here isn't church talk. It isn't fancy pastor language to try to get you to sign a card. It's life and death stuff. We're trying to say, listen, you are running on an empty well right now. And the gospel says you don't have to. Even in the midst of mess and circumstances, there is hope. But it's only found in Jesus.